We are coming to one of the most uh, interesting panels of, uh, of our forum, uh, the panel that will focus on port infrastructure, uh, the preparedness of ports uh, in terms of uh, logistics and infrastructure uh, for decarbonization. And we are gratified to have with us the heads of three major global ports, port authorities, Singapore, Rotterdam, and, uh, and Hamburg. Uh, I will let uh, Cristina Migliaro introduce, uh, from RINA, who is going to moderate, introduce our esteemed panelists. All I want is to say a tremendous thanks. We are really honored to have the three of you with us. And Cristina, thank you for moderating. Thank you for the floor. Um, good uh, afternoon and good morning to everybody. As you know, we are here today uh, to discuss uh, what have already been carried out and what next uh, for paving the way uh, to achieve sustainable goals in the ports. Uh, we are very lucky, as already said, as we have with us Mrs. Quali Hoon, the Chief Executive Officer of the Maritime and Port Authority of Singapore, we have Mr. Hallard Kasslein, President and Chief Executive Officer of Rotterdam Port Authority. And we have Mr. Jens Mayer, Chairman of Hamburg Port Authority. Welcome. Uh, well, uh, just a short introduction to say that uh, the Port Authorities worldwide have been invited to take a pledge towards sustainable goals and most of them touch base. So uh, we have uh, uh, the, as panelists, the representatives of three global leading ports, which have been embedding sustainability in their core strategy since uh, sometimes. So um, I know that their strategy embrace uh, among several parts and topics, uh, for instance, mutual cooperation and dialogue uh, about the technology outreach programs among Port Authority itself, and also the introduction, thanks to new technology of digitalization and decarbonization in port operation. So uh, this section uh, will be organized in round table questions. And I would like, ladies first, I would like to start, uh, thanks to Mrs. Lee Hoon. As we all know, uh, Singapore Port Authority, for instance, has a fantastic LNG bunkering a new system and a hydrogen fueled automated guide vehicle uh, prototype. So uh, a lot of things has already been done. Uh, looking at the present and the past, uh, the main issues or the success stories you have reached out to, to, to join, to share with us. Um, thank you, Christina, um, and for to Capital Link for inviting. Very honored to be with uh, very distinguished panelists, Jens and Alad, um, whom we respect a lot from Singapore. Um, to your question, um, 
I think the, the direction towards new fuel is definitely something which um, all of us are grappling with together with the industry on what's the direction to move towards. The one thing we take pride in Singapore, um, that's your question, really is uh, to play our role as an efficient uh, major transshipment hub. So as a hub, a uh, port that handles uh, one-seventh of the world's transshipment volume and about 85% of the containers, uh, we help to contribute to efficiency in the global supply chain as well as environmental sustainability. Um, and on that, um, because we are connected to some 600 ports via 300 service routes, linking up to 28,000 port pairs, so the shipping directly would have sort of lengthened the existing services and adding new trips. So by being an efficient transshipment hub, uh, we have uh, contributed to the national agenda, including uh, on global, uh, the greenhouse gas emissions. Um, the second part, which uh, we uh, hope um, to uh, work closer with other ports, and I think we are already in some of the collaborations with both Hamburg and Rotterdam, really is like what you mentioned in the area of um, bunkering, for example. Um, we have started um, about on LNG bunkering. Now the question is, what is the next future fuel? And that when the future ship arrives or before the future ship arrives, uh, we would have a cluster of ports with the infrastructure that is ready to bunker the new fuel, whether it's ammonia, biofuel, bio-LNG, or hydrogen. So that would be the two key things that I would want to raise uh, now. Thanks a lot. Well, uh, um, cutting through the jungle and going to the Rotterdam uh, Port uh, Authority, uh, we all know uh, that you have been implementing sustainability in your core strategy since a long time. Uh, you are uh, thinking about uh, acting uh, as uh, an hydrogen hub in this sector and in this cluster in the Northern Range, not as the only one. And also for you in the past and till today, uh, the success cases or the face problem you have entailed in this uh, process towards sustainability. Yeah, so um, I hope um, my voice comes through loud and clear. My image is frozen, unfortunately, but um, assuming um, uh, the message can be can be shared and heard. Uh, again, also my appreciation for uh, being able to join this uh, this panel. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, Port of Rotterdam actually embraced um, the need for an energy transition right uh, alongside the timing of the Paris Climate Agreement and identified that the disruption associated to the energy transition. Um, uh, should deliver opportunities rather than threats. And so we, in the follow-up and the aftermath, we, we, we kind of um, reflected on what could our role and should our role be. And if one assumes that and recognizes that sea trade accounts for some 3% of global CO2 emissions, and which equates to, and Jens knows this better than I do, uh, to, to, if you'd like, the total emission profile of the country Germany, then, then we do believe that as ports, we can make a difference. And um, uh, we, we uh, initiated the World Sport Climate Action Program and Hamburg is a member of that initiative. And we seek to uh, decarbonize, if you like, the value 
uh, chain, through policies, through efficiencies, through uh, decarbonization of, of, of fuels, through smarter use of logistics, through um, decarbonization of the import facilities. Uh, of course, we, we, we build our hypothesis on the uh, knowledge and experience gained by embracing LNG as a, as a bunker fuel. We have extensive facilities. We do not only have extensive facilities to uh, import LNG, but we have bunker facilities. We have bunker barges floating around. So we have a quite extensive uh, network of um, uh, premises, uh, offers to customers, allowing uh, to service our customers to their, their best possible needs. And for instance, SIMOPS, uh, we designed what would be required to have a safe LNG bunkering uh, alongside uh, the, the normal cargo ha handling. It's, it's correct to assume that this is only the start. Um, however, how that journey will develop for us is, is of course the, the big question. And hence we've, not, we've decided not to aim for one single solution or a set of solutions, but to embrace the various innovations that may be associated. So it could be hydrogen, but it could also be, and I'm aware of developments with regards to carbon capture and storage aboard the ship during the journey. So what facilities should one provide to enable offloading of, of captured carbon during a journey? Uh, it could be indeed uh, ammonia structures, could be methanol, it could be biosynthetic fuels. Um, it could be electrification. So we are embracing various alternatives and opportunities together um, and that's my wrap up, I suppose, together with um, various different coalitions. Uh, and so I, I tend not to believe in the mother of all coalitions, embracing all the challenges, but I, I focus on coalitions that I would describe as fit for purpose. So a coalition to uh, decarbonize the inland shipping uh, is a different coalition than the coalition we're working on to enable the introduction of hydrogen or the coalition we're working towards to to enable uh, shore power etc uh, etc et so we have various initiatives uh, along a, a wide array of of uh, elements of the value chain and cross fertilization of value chains in order to make an impact and reduce the profile and in my last then introductory comment is to say and confirm that i I'm a, a vocal, uh, I've very vocally expressed my concerns with regards to the stance I'm always taken so far. I do believe um, that the shipping industry is not harder to abate than many of the hard to abate sectors. Um, uh, and I can tell you from an experience, I mean, the industrial area, Rotterdam, accounts for some 16% uh, of, of the total Dutch emissions. We have the largest factories and plants in the world, um, like Singapore, I would argue, with the Exxons and the BPs and the Shells, but also uh, associated chemical industries. These all have a humongous, uh, humongous uh, uh, challenge ahead. And I do not think that the shipping industry's challenge is any bigger than theirs. So I think we should all kind of chip in uh, our effort in order to address the planetary boundary challenges that we're all faced with. Thank you. Thank you very much.
uh, we will come back on this uh, challenge uh, later on in the second roundtable. Um, Mr. Mayor, um, also Hamburg Port Authority uh, in his class review introduced sustainability goal and it was far from now. And um, among other projects, uh, um, I was uh, surprised, but luckily surprised about your floating solar powered uh, mooring system on the river, very nice. And also to Hamburg Port Authority, I'm asking maybe you face some problem and you were successful on some other topics. Please, could you share with us? Yeah, thank you, Christina, and uh, hello to our friends in Singapore and uh, Rotterdam. Uh, yeah, normally I, I, I start uh, always uh, with some key messages uh, while others are, are, are still talking about it. Uh, I, I think uh, it's already being lived in Hamburg, uh, like in Singapore and Rotterdam. I would like to add now, and our port has already done a lot of pioneering work with shore power green LNG and uh, at the end uh, everybody is sure that the logical next step is uh, you know working with hydrogen uh, and Hamburg is uh, the largest continuous industrial region in Germany with uh, for example steel industry and if there is enough time uh, later on I can share some examples uh, you know about green steel industry and so on what we are working on and um, uh, one of our biggest targets is uh, we, we aim to become uh, climate neutral by 2040 that's our internal goal uh, for the port and uh, you know this is our challenge and this is also um, very important you know for our stakeholders and our companies along the supply chain but on the other hand also for the inhabitants uh, live in or the tourists uh, visiting Hamburg uh, because we always call that uh, our social license to operate is you know that um, port work industrial regions are only be accepted if the people see that uh, we try to reduce emissions and uh, pollutions and, and that is that is our our work where we are working on and we started our project, we called that some years ago, uh, creating a smart port and, and some people got this wrong, uh, smart, you know, it's, it's like a smartphone or an app. Uh, for us, it was a strategy. We worked on that together with other friends worldwide. That means uh, we, we started a project called Smart Port Logistics. And another pillar was from the very first beginning, the Smart Port Energy Pillar. And Smart Port Logistics is, you know, um, get rid of the dependency of, of, of the old forms of energy consumption, uh, stepping into renewable, using renewable energies. And, uh, you know, it is, it is uh, getting, uh, you know, logistic supply chains, um, uh, get rid of unnecessary uh, steps, empty trucks in the port or something like that, and getting to the, to the step, the, the necessary transportation uh, should be uh, yeah, as low as possible in uh, kind of uh, pollution. And uh, we started a lot of pioneering work like shore power for cruise vessels. And uh, another thing I would like to share with you is it's always good to have friends and partners. We learned a lot from our friends from the United States. And we try to adopt that, learn from their best practices to adopt that to the, to the European grip. 
we have uh, frequency uh, difference uh, from the American standard to the European standard, but we implemented that. And um, I think as Port Authority, we are also responsible to, to show, um, you know, uh, showcases and, and let the people put their finger on the solutions. And uh, this was, you know, the first step on that and, and LNG, you know, the big bunker ports like Rotterdam and Singapore are well known. Uh, we also made our risk analysis for LNG fueling. We are not the big bunker port and we don't want to become a big bunker port, uh, but we would be able to serve everything together with partners and, and use the same standards. And uh, therefore, I'm uh, very grateful to, to have the chance to join uh, Alad's uh, initiative, World Ports uh, Climate Action Program. Now, you know that we can share our our knowledge and and uh, go in the same way with more or less the same speeds and, and the same standards in the in the right uh, direction. And um, the final thing I would like to point out is what we also have to find out is um, something like when we talk about hydrogen, the price competitiveness, if we want to have, um, uh, you know, be successful in the, in, the, in the big change coming from uh, older forms of fuels, getting to the green fuels, um, uh, you know, I, I would like to see some specific regulations for the scale up and ramp up phases from, from the European Union uh, to support that uh, uh, that kind of stuff in the, in the Green Deal environment. I think this would be very helpful and especially the ports are a perfect uh, nucleus uh, uh, to start with that energy, energy transition, uh, you know, starting point for the grid inside the countries and, uh, but also for the whole maritime uh, industry. That's for the first, thanks. Thank you very much. Um... Coming back uh, to uh, the importance and the role of uh, three pillars uh, uh, like uh, new technology, digitalization, and decarbonization, it is crystal clear they are strictly linked to each other and they are in a different way introducing the value chain of your industry, the industry, the cluster you are part of. So um, I, I heard about standard regulations and so on. So looking at uh, uh, the increase of costs alongside the, the value chain, which could be if there is just only one or few, one, few ones, uh, a, a solution, for instance, increase the efficiency of the uh, introduced technology to exploit better or to find out economy of scale, uh, just a, a general agreement like standards or uh, which is by your point of view, uh, the best way to manage uh, this uh, potential increase of cost and decrease of competitiveness at least looking at the all ports, as we know that the minimum of innovation should be scaled up to, uh, to let all the ports enter in. Oh, I, I would say that there is like um, no one solution. 
um, because in a way, the uh, decarbonization, we do expect the price to go up in future because uh, new fuel comes with a new price tag, just like what um, uh, Alad was mentioning, we need to look at the uh, price competitiveness. Um, however, if we talk about efficiency, such as digitalization and new technology, there are opportunities to make yourself more efficient, therefore more cost effective. So case in point, for example, like for port clearance, um, because of actually COVID, prior to COVID, we were putting in place a one-stop port clearance process with all the government agencies in Singapore. And it accelerated, the, the take-up rate accelerated during the COVID period. So that in itself actually improves the time for ships to come and uh, bunker and take marine services, therefore saves them um, actually money in terms of port stay, in terms of uh, time loss. Uh, and that uh, potentially could have a good ripple effect if it is sort of cascaded at the global level. Uh, in fact, uh, what we are hoping to achieve is also to look at, uh, like what you mentioned earlier, standardization of, for example, port clearance, which is something which the International Maritime Organization is looking at. Um, in terms of port clearance, data that needs to be submitted, documents that need to be submitted, if uh, all ports are able to harmonize or that the port system sort of can talk to each other to draw um, the information that's been submitted, then that could potentially reduce cost. Uh, on decarbonization, it is indeed a, a tricky question. Um, question is, how do we uh, incentivize first movers uh, to come on board? Uh, it's like a coalition of willing. Take away the first mover disadvantage um, and uh, like what Alat mentioned, cross-fertilization of the ideas. Um, so that together as an industry, we all benefit from it. Um, uh, Jens mentioned about uh, ramping up. No, indeed, I, I, I think in the next few years, we are on a ramp up phase. Uh, that will require green finance uh, to be ramped up because I think finance is still a concern that most uh, companies have. Um, secondly, I would say it will require the whole value chain collaboration because the challenge that we are facing is a global problem. It's also not just a shipping problem. It is a it is a challenge across the whole value chain, including infrastructure, port, the ship, the engine, your class society, your shipyards, uh, and all need to come together. And uh, that's what we hope, uh, at least in Singapore, to bring um, different players together to form a value chain ecosystem along the different fuel lines or energy lines, so that at least there is, uh, you know, um, ideas and there's commercial potentially potentially commercialized solution that can be uh, sort of shared around the world. Many thanks, many thanks. Um, uh, what uh, I'm asking uh, to, to you, uh, Mr. Castellan, uh, based on your privileged uh, point of view, of course, uh, we talk about a different uh, alternative fuels, uh, uh, ramp up and standardization, put on a timeline, uh, all this uh, input, uh, which could be uh, uh, if you can uh, share with us your point of view, the best mix to shorten uh, the timing uh, for all this decarbonized system to be put in place, which, which is the, the best mix and which is the part more meaningful and important to speed up, to boost the process. Yeah, interesting, interesting question. Um, and just building on Lee Hoon's very valuable comments, 
I think the, the, the idea I have in mind, and I, I, you know, I tend to believe it's kind of the way it works, is that I, I, I truly believe that regulation should be set and preferably not at a country level, certainly not at a port level, preferably at the regional level, and, and even preferred over that at a, at a global level. So regulation should be set with regards to emission profile, for instance, like we've done on low sulfur uh, and other, other measures. So regulation should be set. If there's regulation combined with ensuring there's a level playing field, so in other words, uh, you avoid the waterbed effect that, that move volumes slip away and preferences are, if you like, skewed towards um, uh, cost matters. So you, so you create a level playing field through the regulation and the compensation if necessary. Then I'm convinced you'll create demand. And if you create demand, there will be supply. Now, I think all those elements need to be in order in order to exponentially grow particular solutions, because if you have a technology solution, but it's not in the market from a pricing perspective, and the implication is that the volumes or your market share will fall by the wayside, it's not going to catch on. So it needs to come together in conjunction. And then there's some practical issues to consider how quickly could if you like, volumes be supplied for. Now, it's, it's fantastic that we assume that electrification is the uh, savior of us all, but, but the reality is it's not feasible to ship a big container vessel or a VLCC just on battery power across the oceans. So, so you need to look at what your supply sources are, what the sustainability of the entire supply source is, and then again, the pricing mechanism, the regulation, et cetera, et cetera. I tend to think there's not one single silver bullet solution. I think we're at a in an era where various alternatives through innovation will begin to emerge, and some actually will emerge that we didn't think of some years ago. I mean, yes, we had hydrogen on our radar screen when we made our scenarios four or five years ago, but I am astounded by the exponential growth of hydrogen initiatives uh, across the globe, certainly not only Europe, but I, I'm, I'm party to initiatives that are derived in, in Australia, in Chile, in Uruguay, in Saudi, in Oman, in Iceland, Portugal, Morocco, um, uh, and, and, and there's no doubt many others to mention. So I think we'll, we, will, we will witness uh, uh, quite a distinctive period of where the combustion engine technology will be replaced by several other technologies where I wouldn't even wish to assume that there's no future for combustion engine because there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of history, there's a lot of research, there's a lot of development going into those developments as well. So if the combustion engine is ultimately developed with a full, full uh, circular uh, closed loops carbon system, and, 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 and applications, then clearly there's an opportunity for that as well. So this is a long and winding story just to confirm that you need to set the prerequisites right in order for technology to be able to, to, to flourish. And then you, you, you should enable the facilities that are necessary along that value chain. In other words, there's no use that there's only one port that will have the facilities to 
supply vessels with 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 ammonia as, as hydrogen as a, as, a, as a combustible as a fuel uh, clearly there need to be more ports so here you need that collaboration across the various parts um but to my knowledge there's not a clear winner and i think there will be a, 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 a if you like a suite of solutions for the various different applications one can think of a daily ferry between uh, hong kong and shenzhen could easily be battery powered one can think of regional feeder volumes also to have a combination of lng capture co2 on board with 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 electric uh, electromotors for uh, import navigation you can think of synthetic fuels and hydrogen for the longer journeys with point to point uh, infrastructure so I, I i suspect we will be witnessing the development of a suite of uh, of, of solutions fit for purpose depending on economies of scale cost uh, and, and ease of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of of rollout, if you like. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, um, Mr. Mayer. Um, in the worst case or best case, uh, by your, based on your experience, uh, which is the timeline at least to complete? this first phase of introduction of uh, uh, new uh, digital system technology and decarbonization. And uh, based on what Mr. Kastlein suggested, uh, are there any unexplored um, cooperation with stakeholders that you envisage to, uh, to make a step forward facilitating uh, the adoption no, in, in a global way of such a new um, innovation. Yeah, thanks, Christina. I think Alad uh, described it very well. I think, um, yeah, there's, there's, there are a lot of things to do, but we, we yeah, the good thing is we have already started. Uh, and uh, as uh, yeah, everybody knows me as, uh, you know, a person who trusts in uh, new technology and new technology is key. Uh, for this uh, kind of sustainability uh, or sustainable change. And there's a uh, brand new study from, from Bain, uh, from the company Bain. They say, okay, they see uh, the, uh, the, 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 the central point for, you know, the big change coming after 2030. So uh, they believe that uh, then uh, the land side uh, driven vehicles and, uh, and maybe smaller water driven vehicles uh, can be driven by uh, something like fuel cell technology or maybe combustive uh, by um, ammonia. Uh, for me, the very important thing is, you know, we have to be the supporters and not just think inside our port. Uh, we have to keep in mind that uh, the ports are the knots in an international supply chain system and also the knots in energy grids, um, you know, serving other areas. And uh, if we do that uh, uh, in a good way, it is not just a, a win-win situation for the economy. It's also a must uh, on this, uh, what I always call the, um, the social license to operate, the acceptance that ports very close to a city like in Hamburg 
are uh, still uh, yeah, be able to stay in the position that they are accepted. Uh, and I, I see it very positive um, uh, to make it a little more concrete. You know, we are in the middle of testing phases for a new sustainable technology using hydrogen in cars. I think it's worldwide well known. Um, some front runners, but also on the water side, um, we have developed already small solutions. Uh, and they are in testing periods. I'm absolutely sure that uh, on bigger vessels, uh, there's a chance to start with auxiliaries, uh, with zero emission, uh, maybe with fuel cells or, or e-fuels. And uh, what I would like to point out that I believe that we as, as port authorities, we also should uh, you know, put in place some, some real examples using the technologies. In, in the port of Hamburg, we start with shunting uh, locomotives uh, in the railway system, you know, that is also easier than the enormous ultra large container vessels. This will take a much longer time to find the solution or the next generation solution after LNG and LNG is not still really fully in place, but I believe we have to go via LNG then maybe, I don't know, 20 years later and in the next generation of solutions. Um, and we, we start uh, also with vessels, but also with fuel cell driven drones. And, uh, you know, the, the consistency or the, the aggregate uh, of, of uh, hydrogen, this is important. You know, when you look at drones, it's, it's like a paste. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, what, we, what we use uh, for grills or, or in other circumstances. Uh, you know, there, there are chances uh, for the research and development departments inside uh, the stakeholder family of ports to show that it works. And on the other hand, I believe, uh, you know, if the demand is there and ports are fantastic areas to uh, create or, you know, give the existing demand to the market, uh, for example, in the steel industry or copper industry, or you name it, this is um, key to be successful at the end, to, to get ready in the scale-up period and make new technologies uh, as soon as possible um, yeah, ready for the market. And my experience, my personal experience is as project manager, sometimes we are too ambitious what we think, what we can do in the next year, but we absolutely underestimate very often uh, what will happen during the next five years. And I believe that technology will go on very soon. We saw that now in the, in the car industry with fuel cells. When we look at um, uh, the Toyota Mirai production or something like that, the fuel cells are now really in place and they are working pretty well. And I believe that this kind of technology will come up soon uh, for smaller uh, implementations. Thanks. Thank you so much. I guess we have a few minutes and uh, um, I would like to ask at which of you um, a ship owner are uh, so far concentrating in a few big player and uh, you represent uh, the main, the global ports, but during, uh, alongside the route, uh, there are other ports of medium size uh, with a different purpose like uh, transshipment or uh, industrial or commercial purposes. So if you could suggest 
uh, to them, uh, to minor port, let me say it is not a, a good word, but um, how to put in place uh, and which is uh, the priority in terms of technology to be introduced in their port operations, for instance, the selection of one fuel unless another one, or uh, suggesting uh, to introducing uh, in innovation more in um, more in system or in other parts, which could be your uh, suggesting your um, yes your point of view. I, I can start first. Uh, so for Singapore, I mean, it's an interesting question because we are building a, a, a new port, um, Tuas port, um, and where we're going to consolidate all our terminals. So exactly, we are actually starting from scratch. Um, so the two key things, which are two key areas we're really focusing on is first, port efficiency. How do you put in place systems such that you can make your port efficient, whether it is just in time arrival, port clearance, linking up with other ports, and actually, we are at the stage of talking about global supply chain integration, logistics integration, cargo ships. So I would say first, really, is focusing on port efficiency, systems that you can put in place. Second, um, there are actually a lot of great technology out there, um, like what Jens mentioned, in other sectors, aviation, land, and many of them can be used to cross-pollinate into our sector, um, and I would say so open up our minds to maritime technology, startups, other sector uh, technology companies and bring the good practices in uh, and promote them. So two key points. Mr. Mayer, what's your point of view? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You, you know, um, it, is, it is like this. I, I, um, I like to have a strategy which is open for new solutions coming out of the industry. So uh, we never say <clears throat> you have to use hydrogen or you have to use LNG or you have to use something else. Um, our strategy is always, you know, we started with, uh, let me call that uh, three tier or tier three at, at birth, zero emission at birth, then zero emission at port. And how to reach that? Uh, it's up to what's coming up from the technology companies, from the propulsion companies and so on. And we always try, try to stimulate them um, to reach the target. And the target is measured in reduced emissions by a certain level. And, and what I always would like to see is if we talk about regulation or standards or something like that, Alad already mentioned that also, it should be you know the same layer for all of us. And then the industry should push um, to reach this kind of target. So I'm absolutely free. Uh, to be honest, we are testing a lot of things right now with hydrogen in Hamburg uh, because there was a big request uh, coming up from the European Union. Uh, and uh, but it's, there's no decision made uh, already in which uh, which uh, activate uh, uh, is ammonia or is it uh, liquid hydrogen or is it something else? Um, this is quite open right now, and we will see. And um, I'm looking forward to what will be the result. I'm supporting all the research and development companies right now. Thank you very much. Your comments, Mr. Castellini, we have very few minutes uh, and suggestions based on your huge experience. Yeah, it's a very valid question. And if I, my, if I could, my simplest advice 
would be that um, one should not assume that you should want to invent the wheel yourself. Uh, there's there's a huge amount of initiative going out going on out there, and whether it's through the engine manufacturers, the OEMs, the shipping lines, the ports, uh, the logistics providers, the digital companies, the IoT firms, the digital twin facilities that are being provided. So there's a huge array of solutions being offered and I think it starts as a, as a as an organization whether it's support or whether you're a forwarder or whether you're a shipping line or a shipbuilder it starts with opening your perspectives from the outside in type of approach uh, and, and linking up with entities and organizations that are leading the way and um, that, that might at, at the outset look daunting where do you get started? But if you indeed start with your own operations and then you start looking at your facilities and then you start looking at your regulation and you start looking at your hinterland and you start looking at your customers, you, you, you have to take small steps. I often refer to the fact that energy transition is a long journey that has to be taken and, uh, and entertained by a, a tremendous amount of players, each taking a small step at its own time. There's no huge step there's not a silver bullet there's not a one-way approach uh, and 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 solution to all so it's starting with that external perspective and if you don't know where to get started i'm pretty sure my friends uh, Li Hoon and jens but certainly port of rotterdam we're, we're, we're gladly prepared and ready we have an international consultancy arm within the company call these people fire myself otherwise and they'll be available to help you along the way and to get you started and hopefully gain momentum within your own premises and in within your own ecosystem. Thank you. Thank you very much. Apologize, we were a little bit late, but it is very interesting. A lot of, uh, of questions, of course, uh, but the time is, uh, has a limit. So thank you so much again. It was an honor eh, to, to moderate this panel. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh.